As leaders, it's so easy for us to get caught up in tasks, strategies, and our to-dos. But all of those things have no value if we don't know how to take care of the people we oversee. If strategies and tasks cause us to neglect our people, then no matter the results we're getting, they're worthless. So how do we lead at a high level, get incredible results, while still taking care of our people? Well, welcome to the Good Leader Podcast. Good afternoon or good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining another episode of the Good Leader Podcast. I am here with Josh. You got a good hat. Kluge. <laughs> always new middle names. He always has a good hat. He's rocking his cycle world today, ladies and gentlemen, and you're going to love it. We got a spicy edition today, Josh. Spice. Spicy. Okay. We're coming, yeah. Yeah, because we've been talking about how do you start a business, okay? Yeah. Good Leader Podcast. You know, we try to be holistic here. We maybe talk yeah. We talk a little bit about parenting. We talk a lot about religion. We talk a lot about inner office dynamics. We talk conflict resolution and that sort of leadership. We talk about big picture, vision. You know, in the intro, you talk about how do you focus on people while getting results, all those yeah. types of things. So a natural question for many people, especially as we talk about a gig economy, we're in 2021. You know, I believe, uh, according to a fairly recent Gallup poll, the average person entering the workforce now is going to change jobs like 18 times over the course of their career. It's a lot of change. And so a natural part of that, especially with the you know advent of social media and the Internet at large and accessibility, the worldwide globalization of technology and communication allows more people to do more things. Should I start a business is the question of the day. We ask how to start a business at the beginning of this. And that's where we came up with Niche Down. You remember we talked with Jody Mayberry. Do you remember that conversation, Josh? Oh, yeah. what was, even, even to this day, what are you remembering from that conversation? Man, A, besides just being so mind-blown of how he jumped around, the big one that I keep going back to is him talking about using his connections and saying who's around me and how do I link what I'm passionate about to who's around me. Oh, that's good stuff. We're going to talk about that today in Should I Start a Business? Mm. Jody was a park ranger. Are you a big national park guy? Is this your kind of thing? A little bit. It's growing more in recent years, namely because I have this big affinity for cities and then was fortunate enough to get to just travel the world a ton and was like, I'm going to go to all the big cities. And then when they all looked the same, basically. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it was then like, well, maybe there's other stuff. And then I went to Cape Town, South Africa and was like, whoa, nature. Okay. So I'm newly in that expression. Okay. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, Josh, and not to come off as too judgmental here. And, you know, the the people listening to this, they can't see you. All of our studio audience, of course, is looking at you. If they Google you up, you know, Josh, uh, he's got a great stash, Kluge, they'll probably find you. But you're the type of guy that if I look at you right now, I've, I've often said with the generational talk, it's like yeah. this guy could be 20 or he could be 50. And I believe it. If you tell me you're 50 years old, I'd be like, well, okay, that's believable. If you tell me you're mm-hmm. 20, I was like, well, okay, that's also believable. You're also yeah. the type that it's like, man, I just love the city, you know, and I'm there. I believe it. But man, slap a Patagonia vest on you, and you are oh, right, dude. You're you are you're in a hammock in the woods. <laughs> I do have that vibe. You do. You could pull <laughs> off either one. Okay, I'm a big national park guy. Huge, in fact, huge. I'm not super granola. Like I'm not out there. You know, like I'm not bagging up my own poop and bringing in all of my food. I am visiting for the day. I'm checking out the visitor center. I'm having a good time. 
I'm checking out nature, and then I'm probably going to the hotel. Yeah. I do like to camp from time to time, but <laughs> I'm going to the hotel. <laughs> but the national parks, in and of themselves, phenomenal. Highly underrated. Highly underrated. Everybody should be checking out national parks. They're, they're really good. Really, really good. Good leader podcast, tip of the day. Man, they're they're good for everybody. You're single, you got a group of friends, and you're like, what are we gonna do? Man, go to a national park. Like you said, nature. Check stuff nature. out. It's really cool. Like there's a really good book called Last Child in the Woods. You ever heard of this? I read it about no. a decade ago, but it was by this doctor who she was, she's a psychologist and she was working on research about nature deficit disorder. And with Whoa. nature deficit disorder, connecting a lot of behavioral disorders, ADD, ADHD, other anxieties, uh, other things that are maybe going on, especially with some of our young people, to a lack of interaction with nature. Really interesting stuff. And so the book is called, yeah, book's called Last Child in the Woods. It's worth a read. You should check it out. I can't remember the author, but Google it up. It'll be there. And a really, really good book, but Nature Deficit Disorder. And she was even prescribing. So like in some of her sessions, she would prescribe like, uh, you made me think of it when you said, check out all the big cities and they kind of start all looking the same. She started prescribing to these young people who probably had only seen concrete for the far majority of their lives. She would prescribe like have a like one by one box of dirt and grass on their like fire escapes, patios, even in their homes just to wear. And she would prescribe like, put your face in this grass and feel Whoa. it, feel it, smell it. It was fascinating stuff. Fascinating research. Worth a, worth a, worth a listen, worth a watch. Probably a Ted talk about it somewhere. If you want oh, the short yeah. version now, That's nature deficit disorder. Haven. It is, isn't it? But anyway, I digress. Good leaders, I think, are thinking about these kinds of things. You know, they're asking themselves the tough questions. Am I getting out of nature? Am I exposing myself to new things? Am I thinking new things? Today, should you start a business? We started by niching down, and Jody, the park ranger, told us that you got to niche down that market. Then we jumped to Ikigai, where we said, okay, will it business? Will it business? We had those four questions. And we decided maybe it won't business. You got to answer these four questions. You know, do I love it? Am I good at it? Can I make money? Can someone pay me for it? And finally, lastly, does it bring value to the world? Does the world Mm -hmm. need it? And if it's a yes to all four, then you very well may have a business. But Josh, I got bad news for you today. Love bad news. We're not even near finished, okay? We're not even near finished. You know what? Full disclosure here. I try to talk people out of and into starting a business equally. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, should I start a business? Man, it sounds awesome. Sounds like you're passionate about it. You know, I, I want to be your cheerleader. Go for it. I'm also quick to be like, but, 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 but. Yeah, yeah, Are yeah. you sure you want to do that? Really challenge yourself on it. So I'm like, I'm like the ultimate, like, wait, what are you telling me to do? What am I telling you to do? Hmm. When it comes, when people ask me for advice on should, <laughs> should I start this business? Only you can answer that, my friend. I can give you my stories. I can give you my experience. I can maybe give you some good parameters like Ikigai, yeah. but should I start this business? Only you can answer this. And sometimes a hobby is okay with just a hobby. Uh, my wife, Jen Murr, she is a phenomenal baker. I don't know if you know this, Josh. Have you I seen don't. the cakes? Have you seen the cakes? Oh, I got a great, I got a great pitch. You should tell you what. Ask Amber Day, ask Anch, ask any of the Paradigm Shift team. Say, hey, Jared was saying something about baking a cake is like culture. Culture is like baking a cake. Culture of baking cakes. No, no, no. Culture is like baking a cake. Making culture is like baking a cake. I got a great, I got a great bit on it. So much so. Get this, Josh. Get this. Bucket list item. One of my bucket okay. list items was to have a famous quote. And someone quoted me in their book. Can you believe that? 
There is a book. Was it your daughter's that, book? Or no, like, no, you come on. Come on, Kluge. <laughs> come on. All right, all right. No, 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 legit. Dude, that's awesome. No, like, true story. Okay, unbeknownst to me, this is why I qualify. This is why I check it off the bucket list. Mm. I, I spoke at a conference. I've spoken at many conferences telling this thing. I have a culture talk, and I, I start out with this fun analogy. Culture's like baking a cake. You got to have the right ingredients. You got to mix it up. You got to give it time and energy, yada, 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 with a metaphor. Yeah, great. Point being, there's a guy sitting in the audience, took notes. He wrote a book, and it was kind of like a, um, I say book. It is a physical book, but it's like one part journal, one part book, one part planner, kind of this inspirational thing. Oh, great, yeah. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, Get like it's like a, it. It's cool. like, yeah, it's like a devotional for leadership. You know what I'm saying? One of those kind of vibey things. Yeah. Anyway, he sent me a copy because he was like, hey, check out my new book I just, uh, just had published. It's called Memory Maker, and- there I was, like page 78 at the bottom. Dude. Culture quote, Jared Murr. I was like, hey, how about that? Unbeknownst Dang. to me. So I'm counting it, Josh. I'm counting it. Don't you <laughs> rain on my parade. Okay? No. It's more quotes than I've ever had, man. That's freaking awesome. Thank you very much. Now, I say Tell that. about the cake. Well, I say that to say I came up with all the cake stuff because my wife started baking cake a few years ago. We bought an expensive cake for one of our daughters on okay. five-year-old birthday. I say expensive. It's expensive to us. It's 150 bucks, okay? Dude, that's so much money for a cake. And it's really not. Not when you get what? in the cake. Not when you get in the cake game. I'm telling you, Josh, I'm telling you, uh, you don't know it. You have no idea, my friend. You are just sit, sipping your Japanese whiskey on your birthday. Right, yeah. You get the kiddos running around. You got to buy some really elaborate cakes, okay? We don't, like, you don't give your kids Japanese whiskey on their birthdays? <laughs> well, you got to bake it in at least. You got to, you know, <laughs> just, not just straight. That's not why just it's $150. A, not, not just a straight <laughs> shot, yeah. It's like, <laughs> so these cakes. You can Google it up. Check it out. Every parent out there listening knows what I'm talking about, okay? You have to make a decision as a parent. There is no middle ground. You get to about the five-year-old, the six-year-old, the seven-year-old especially range. You have to make a hardcore decision to be like, you know what? We're going the cheap route and I'm baking a cake or we're going big. There's really no middle ground. It's okay if you go small. You know, like, ah, we made some cupcakes. Totally okay if you go small or you got to go big. Till this one birthday, we decided to go big. And I was like, this is what this is what we get. This is this is the cake. This is what $150. I'm not I'm not super impressed with that. And Jen was like, I'm not super impressed with it either. I think I could make this. She starts making cakes. And you should check it out. I'll, I'll show you some pictures later. My wife is awesome at it. She's dude, she's made wedding cakes. She made a um a six like level tiered. Six tiered. It was as tall as me, wedding cake. Dude. Time. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, so she made this gigantic wedding cake. For my grandparents' 70th wedding anniversary, she made a cake that weighed 70 pounds. It was really coincidental, but kind of fun. She did oh not gosh. intend for it to weigh that much, but it was humongous. It was like, so the diameter was like, I don't know, uh, it was wider than 14. Anyway, huge. That's insane. Gig- so she's made these really cool cakes, but she makes the kind, you know, with like fondant and buttercream and special characters. She can do the whole stuff. Like, like she really could be on one of these, you know, like cake baking boss, shows. Et cake boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cakes, she's like yeah. those cake boss shows. The only difference in what what my wife does and what the cake boss is scale. Like theirs are like, you know, a, a 10 foot wide cake. Yeah. So just take the same concept though and make it like a normal size cake. Plus she's done some of these gigantic ones. Anyway, I say that over the last... Oh, gosh, probably about six years, she started making these cakes. And she's really, really good at it. Super talented. 
So she made the first cake, which she's gotten better and better. The first one was pretty simple, little fondant work. She made a unicorn. It was really cool. It was my, like our daughter turned five at the time. You cut it open and out of the rainbow came uh, Skittles. She had a bunch of Skittles inside. Pretty fun. So that was fun. The next one was like a door of the Explorer. Then the next year she stepped it up a notch and she made like a, um, this really big, like Cinderella carriage out of Rice Krispie treats. Really cool stuff. Then people started noticing cause we're sharing it on Facebook, you know, and she started, Hey, can you make, can you make me a cake? Can you make me a cake? Sure, sure, sure. So she starts making these cakes. She's like, Hey, people are really starting to ask me to make cakes. I'm like, well, that's really cool. Good for you. So yeah, she's like, they're asking like, how much do I charge? And of course she, we own a business. I'm an entrepreneur. She's like, how much should I charge for this? And so we walked her through some coaching and, and pricing and thinking through it. And we really, okay, wow. So she, she makes a few cakes. And then she gets to where she's like making a cake every weekend. Like, wow, you're making a lot of cakes. Mm. And she's like, yeah, it's starting to really get busy. And then I said, well, you, you're basically, you have a full-blown business pretty much if you want yeah. to. I was like, do you want this to be a business? She's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't have a business. I was like, yeah, you do. Ikigai. I was like, you've niched it down. You make specialty cakes for yeah. special events. You niched it. Ikigai. You're good at it. You love it. People are paying you. They're literally paying you money. And people need it. Evidently, there's a market for it. Even in northeastern Oklahoma, small town we're from. I said, you got a business here if you want to. And she was like, yeah, maybe. And I was like, I think you need to start charging more. And so I was like, one way to really test it, just charge more. You know, if you're like, I don't know, because she was kind of like, should I do it? Should I not? And I was like, well, do you want to do it? And she's like, well, I don't really know these people. And I was like, well, then charge them more. (laughs) Honestly, like take the emotion out of it, charge them 200 bucks. So guess what, Josh? People paid. People paid 200, 250, wedding cake, 800, like big giant cake, 500. Dude. Fairly significant money here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. I'm making, yeah, I'm making 500 bucks for this cake. Then she stopped having fun making cakes. So you're not done with Ikigai. You're not done when you niche down. Today, we're going to answer the question, should I start a business and talk about positions? We're going to talk about, when we get back from the break, you're going to hear an incredible story from Josh. And we're going to tell you three positions that you should ask yourself. We're going to talk about where are you? This is the position. Where are you? And my wife was at a position where she said, I'm not having fun at this. This is no longer, this has gone from hobby to part-time job. And now Ikigai, go backward, I don't love it anymore. And I don't want to do this. I wish it was just a hobby. This is where, if you remember, on the last episode with Ikigai, we challenged and said, it's okay to have a hobby. It's okay if you're like, I love it and people enjoy it. I'm just going to do this. Great. That's totally great. That's like me with basketball. It's a hobby. And I help out coaching. I help out with clinics. I'm not trying to make money at it. The moment I try to make money at it, it becomes less fun and it's no longer recreation. That's what was happening with my wife. She had more stress. She's worried now because she is. She wants to deliver a good product. She wants people to be super happy. And she's like, I'm so stressed out about this cake and this used to be fun. Mm. Sometimes a hobby should just be a hobby. Sometimes a little bit of job on the side should be a little bit of job on the side. And that's totally fine. You don't have to make a career out of it. You know what I'm saying? If you love to drink Japanese whiskey, just drink Japanese whiskey. <laughs> you know, it might not be a full-time job, right? You agree with all this, right? I'm not oh, crazy yeah, over dude. here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is literally the light bulb that went off in my mind last time we were talking on this episode right before this. Yeah. Was I so often think through the lens of it's either all or nothing. This is going to be my new full-time job or I'm not going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. And guy can lead to a bunch of great results and side gig and hobby are also beautiful just as career is as well. 
I love the way you just said this. It's either I'm not going to touch this with a 10-foot pole or it's going to be my full-time career job. And, and we leave this whole middle ground wide open. And there's so much opportunity for hobbies, part-time job, charity, recreation, giving, this life-giving stuff that we enjoy that as good leaders, we need to know what position we should put things in. We should know this is where this we should position things properly. And the only way to position things properly and not let it eat away at you or lose its joy is to recognize where you are. So when we get back from the break. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit, Josh, because you have a great story that I'm going to ask you to tell to all the listeners, because I think it really illustrates what we're talking about. Niching something down, guy. but then should I do this? And then we'll dive into the three areas that people should question themselves. All right, that's good. Now what? Seriously, now what? You may be saying at this point, like, okay, should I start a business? Should I not? I told you, Josh, I'm square in the middle. I'm like, hey, you should do this. This is great. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. This is awesome. And I'm also be like, but maybe you shouldn't. I'm like the <laughs> angel. I'm like the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Because yeah. some people out there, I would say, you know what? Like my wife, it's okay to have a hobby. It's okay to have a hobby. But equally, yeah. I might go, hey, you're an amazing baker and you love it. And I'm Okay, I, we got another friend. Actually, it's a a, um, a woman who also is a baker in northeastern Oklahoma. We went to church with her, and Jen and she became really good friends over baking, and she's the opposite. She made it her full-time job. Like, she has wow. kind of the same story as Jen, but guess what she did? She was, like, at a different position in life, and this is what's key. We're going to talk about this in just a second. She was at a different position in life where, I don't know, maybe if Jen and I were empty nesters or we're retired or maybe we're in a different place— but right now, Jen is at home, homeschooling three young kids, 11 years and younger. Life is busy. She was focused on them and focused on things. And she was like, I don't really want to do this as a business. Our other friend, Janie, she went the opposite way. And she was like, you know what? I've made these cakes for my family. People like it. I'm learning more. People are paying me some money. Wow, I've done some wedding cakes. Holy smokes. Guess what she did? Never mind. Don't guess, Josh. She had. <laughs> she had. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to guess. Uh, you don't have to. I mean, hey, I'm not. I'm not, not a the Tesla. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not the czar here. You know, it's okay. You be you. Do whatever you want to do. She had her husband convert their entire garage slash shed into a bakery. So she Dang, is like his at home like commercial grade because that's what the question Jen was getting. She's like, man, I need a bigger mixer. I need a bigger oven. We need to do that. If I'm really gonna do this, yeah. I gotta. You know, eeky guy, people invest, are paying yeah. me. I got to invest. So, and guess what? Janie's loving it. She's loving life. And she's baking cakes. She bakes like five cakes a, a week. And she's just cranking them out and loves it. So here's the thing. Remember, I started with only you can answer this. Yeah. You should you should get serious. And you should ask yourself, really, if you want to start a business, you want to be an entrepreneur, don't just think about it. Really, really question yourself. Question your motives. Question your thought. Because it's easy. I've got 10,000 ideas that have never seen the light of day, but I get excited about it. It's easy for me. And if you're a dreamer out there, if you're a big visionary, if you're a big idea type person like I am, it's easy to talk yourself into every idea. Like, wow, this is going to work. This is totally going to work. This is totally going to work. Josh, listen, I know we just kind of talked about it on the podcast, but I, I seriously think I could back you up on the Japanese whiskey thing. It seems like there's a market for this. Let's make this happen. Let's do it. Let's just, let's do this. Come on. Yeah. And you can fire yourself <laughs> up. 
So you might find yourself your personality. You've been in a situation like this recently, Josh, if I I don't want to speak out of turn here, but where you had to answer some pretty serious questions about entrepreneurship and Ikigai and what it is that you want to pursue, right? Oh, right. Yeah. So story goes, one of the businesses that I own is a podcast production company and we manage shows for different people. I had a buddy of mine come to me and had said, hey man, so I represent this specific market and in this market, I have a bunch of different clients that they want to start shows. It would be about eight shows. Would you want to do it? Would you want to take it on? Now, like I mentioned, this is one of the companies that I own and that I do, full-time musician, do the podcast thing, and then I also do work with an incredible other company in the kind of helping church worship teams, if that means something to you or doesn't mean something to you. Uh, Cool. Um, Shout to the Lord means something to me. Shout to the Lord means something to you. All the earth, let us sing. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I usually designate X amount of time per week in order to take on this amount of workload obviously would be substantial amount. What would I have to do in order to get to this place? All right. Would, I, I couldn't do it myself. I'm just th- you know thinking through the scaling questions that you have as a business owner. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I would have to probably hire X amount of people. It would be probably this duration of a learning curve to not only teach them how to do this as a technician, but to edit for show and all the different things that are specific for my niche. How do you do this well? Then it got to the question for me specifically is financially, what type of hit would I have to take for how long would I have to take that hit in order to get to the place to where the business itself is generating more money than it would if we stayed where we are at? And now we're not just talking like, you know, it's that it's that whole, are you at the end of the day making money, blah, blah, blah. So I went through that whole process and I'm looking through, okay, I would have to stop doing ABC in order to take this on. And sure, I could grow this business or this specific thing to a, a big level, but I don't want to give up A, the time that it would take away from other things that I'm doing, but also B, the amount of investment financially that I would have to make in order to scale this thing to where it would be self-sustainable and I wouldn't, I would still be able to do my other things and the sacrifices of all that type of stuff. Got to the point to where I was like, man, this isn't worth it. And that's honestly, I think is a question sometimes just because you see the dollar signs, is it worth it? Should you do it? Absolutely. Should you do it? The grass is greener on the other side. Sometimes. Sometimes the grass is greener because it's a whole bunch of money laying there. And mm-hmm. if it's a whole bunch of money laying there, it's really hard not to go scoop it up. Sometimes you go scoop up a whole bunch of money and guess what? You're just sitting there with a bunch of money. Yeah. And you're not you're content. You're not happy. You're your hands. drowning. I love the analogy. Josh, you asked some really good questions there. So you hit on a few things. And today it's all about position. So if you if you guy, if you niche down, you're, you're, you're with us so far. You're saying, should I start this business? This is where you can really start to answer with your heart, with your gut, and just be honest with yourself. There's still some head in there too. There's still some thinking that has to be done. Because maybe you have a business. Maybe you have something that's in your mind. Where are you financially, emotionally, and physically? So let's talk about this for a second. I'm going to break these down very quickly, and then we're going to close out the day. So where are you financially? You asked that question because you said, you have to first say, well, is it worth it? Do I even want to do it? It it will make money. Will it make enough money for it to be worth it? And you were even looking at having to hire some different people for your company, do some different things. So financially, where are you? This comes down to investment too. 
Let me be completely candid for a second. Sometimes you're at the place where financially you can't sustain the risk. And I would say it's not wise for your family for you to take that risk. Yeah. I think that sometimes I watched this really interesting movie. Um, Man, I don't know if you've seen it. Stroke of Genius starring Greg Kinnear called Stroke of Genius. It's based on a true story of the gentleman who invented, get this, it's a thrilling, thrilling plot. It's the gentleman who invented the intermittent wipers. Intermittent wipers for your car. I know. This is, uh, Google it up. This is a true story. What? It came, it came out like probably 15 years ago. There's a movie about this? There's a, there's a movie. <laughs> I know. And I watched it. I was he one found of his niche. Three people watched it. He truly did. So, okay, back in the day, evidently, there was wipers are on or wipers are off. There was no delay. There was no like, ah, it's sprinkling. I'm going to turn this delay on. That's intermittent. That makes sense. Okay, makes sense though, right? It was either they're on or they're off. Yeah. Okay, get this. Lights on, lights off. So this stroke of genius, there was some sort of huge engineering dilemma at the time where people could not figure it out. The technology did not exist. Hmm. This guy has a stroke of genius and he did it. It was it's kind of a cool story, actually. It's not a terrible movie. By yeah, don't he, ruin he, this for me. I'm well, he was, well, he was watching I, someone's someone blink and he was like, okay, that would work. It's fascinating. Whoa. Anyway. Okay, hold on, hold on. So stroke of genius. I'm gonna kind of spoil part of it. Sorry, I have to. But he ends up, he loses his family, he loses his home. He loses everything because he's so committed to this dream, this vision, because he gets shut down. He kind of gets a raw deal from some of the automakers. It's a really interesting story and based on a true story. Anyway, my point is you have to ask yourself where you are financially. And I would say, is it worth your family? What's it worth? And for you, financially, even you were like, okay, I might make money at the end, but it's not even worth my time. You know, I'm not going to do that. Sometimes it's okay positionally to say, this might be a great idea. It might eeky guy, but it's going to cost me too much financially. Like I don't have an investor. I don't have the money to do it. I don't think that it's noble to just cling to a dream or idea or a vision so much that you don't weigh the cost. And in weighing the cost, you might find, you know what? This is a hobby. This is a part-time job. It's a million dollar idea that's only going to make me about $10,000. And that's okay too. Hmm. So you have to ask yourself though, positionally, where am I financially? Then, all right, so financially, is it worth it? Financially, what can I invest? Financially, what can I afford? Then you get into all kinds of questions, which we can talk about in further episodes on, do I find investors? Do I get a business partner? Do I just sell it? All those things. We'll get into that in a little bit because as you notice, we're getting more and more, we're closer to launching a business. You know, First out, we just niche down to an idea and that's just theoretical. We're just talking about it. Then we icky guide and we're really like even testing the market where like, if you are you, you have a business. And now it's an opportunity to expand. My wife had a hobby. She actually found out that, man, people will pay for it. guy a little bit. You want to go a little bit further. Now we're every single step of the way, because the next two, we're talking about position here. Next time we're going to talk about projects and finally people on this entrepreneurial scale. So maybe you say, hey, I, I'm already in a business. I know I want to start a business. I've guy, Jared. I'm ready. Let's do this. Well, don't worry. The next two are for you. But today it's about, am I committed to this? Where are you financially? Are you committed to this is a largely emotional question. So where Mm -hmm. are you emotionally? This man that I'm talking about in this movie, Stroke of Genius, he was so invested emotionally that it cost him too much. Sometimes you fall in love with an idea too much. Hmm. 
Where are you emotionally? Are you ready for this? Now, I know I told you that I'm going to be the angel and I'm going to be the devil on your shoulder. So here I'm going to be the devil for a second. Try to talk you out of it. Entrepreneurship is heavy, man. Like the ups and downs, the the wins, the losses, the man, you talk to a client for two months, they're flirting with you all the way. And then it's like, great, would you like to pay me some money? And they're like, oh, no, 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 not at all. We're going to go a different direction. Okay, well, that's great. You know, I had coffee with you 10 times. Are we ever going to do a deal here? Nope, not actually. I just like to have coffee over and over again. You're going to fail. You're going to succeed, but you're going to fail. Where are you emotionally? Do you want to go through this? Honestly, maybe this is entirely another episode, Josh, but it's going to strain your relationships. If you really start a business, it's going to strain your marriage if you're married. It's going to strain your time. It's going to strain your leadership. Good Leader Podcast, where are you emotionally? Some people are not emotionally healthy enough to start a business. I'm sorry. I'm just being candid. I don't want you to ruin your life for the sake of a job, any job. I don't want you to ruin your life. There are something, Good Leader Podcast, I can't help but just be true to my beliefs. Man, money's not everything. Entrepreneurship's not everything. Whatever that dream is, it's not everything. And I'm a big dreamer. But it's just not that important sometimes. And you got to know, where are you emotionally? Am I ready for this? Now, the good side, many of you are. Many of you are ready for this. Here's the angel part. Many of you are like, you know what? Maybe emotionally, I am so fed up with where I've been. I am ready to step out. I can't take it anymore. This dream inside of me is burning like a $100 bill in my pocket. We have got to do something with it. All right, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Emotionally, you are ready. Emotionally, maybe you're so fed up and tired of not doing what you want to do, what you feel called to do, what you feel led to do, what you're ready to do, that you're like, I am ready to make a leap. Great. Then let's make that leap. But should you do it? You may come to a place where you're like my wife, Jen, guy, and say, I am not emotionally, I don't want to do this. It It was all about emotion. It was like the money's there and that's fine and we can afford it financially. We can even afford financially for her to take a risk. If it's like, well, do you want to invest in some baking equipment? We can do that. Do you want to give this a go? We actually do that. We had the money to invest and she said, I don't want to do it. I'm out. Versus our friend Janie, exact same situation. She's like, I am ready. Let's do this. I'm ready to give this a go. This is so fun and so cool. And finally, the last one, where are you physically? Now you asked this question, Josh, in in the context of time. You yeah. physically said, I don't have time to do this. Not the way that it's going to cost, the way that it's going to take, right? You were right. like, it's not going to be worth it. I don't have the time to maximize this. It might have uh, yeah. worked. It might have worked. It probably would have worked. Let's be candid. You could have made it work, but you'd have been working your tail off. Oh, you know, yeah. you'd have been hours on hours on hours and didn't want to give it, you know, and, and you're in the music industry. You might say, where are you physically? There may come a place where you're like, for me to really do this, I have to move. I have to go to Nashville. I need to go to LA. I need to go to New York. You know, I had people tell me, sometimes that's not true. I had some people tell me, you'll never have a speak a successful speaking business in Muskogee, Oklahoma. You don't have enough clients around you. And I was like, <laughs> watch me. Just bring it on. <laughs> no, but wherever you are, you have to ask yourself these realistic questions. Remember, I said this is going to be part heart. Also part head, you're thinking about it, but it's, it's okay, we niche down. We have an idea. We have a legit idea. We eeky guide. So this might work. This is four out of four. Now, should you do it? And you just have to be honest with yourself with where are you financially, emotionally, and physically. 
Are you physically, if we want to talk about this, maybe you're not up for the, the marathon it's going to take. You're like, you know what? I need to rest first. I need to go through a season of rest. I'm stressed out at my job to the max. And maybe emotionally, you're so sick of your job that you're ready. But you know what? Physically, you need to keep that job for a little bit longer. Like I said, yeah. physically, keep that job as long as you can. Keep that job as long as you can and then take a jump. That's what we're talking about today on the Good Leader Podcast. Josh has answered that question in many ways. He is an entrepreneur and he looks at every single opportunity and asks himself these questions. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And that's ultimately what we want to challenge you to ask yourself today because no doubt you've got dreams, you got big ideas, you probably got things that'll ikigai. It will business, but is it worth it? Every good leader asks themselves, is it worth it? What position am I in? What position will this take me? Where will this position go? That's what you have to ask yourself. So ask yourself these tough questions. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out all over social media. You can find us at Paradigm Shift Leadership. We are ps.company. That is Josh. I love a good whiskey kluge. I am Jared. I eat cake myrrh. Go out and be a good leader.